You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NOLA, Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, Valentine's Day, and a game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the Oklahoma City Thunder, I believe on TNT. One final game before we get to the All-Star break, get a couple days off of Pelicans basketball, but I wonder if it's really going to be a quiet period of time anyway with all that's going on around the team. So today, I want to look at something that Bomani Jones of ESPN said yesterday, why I don't really agree with it, but I'm not going to call for him to be fired or say it's a terrible take because he said it and I agree with him thinking about it. There's more nuance to this discussion than simply they should have traded Anthony Davis earlier than they are and put themselves in this situation. Then we'll take a quick look at the game tonight. Probably a bit of a shorter podcast today as we gear up for the All-Star break. And of course, we'll have another one for you tomorrow and any emergency podcast that need be. So yesterday on Twitter, Bomani Jones of ESPN and the show High Noon, who's someone I think is actually quite smart and pretty good at his job, a little likes to push buttons at times, but I don't think it's that big of a deal or anything kind of egregious there, was talking about the Anthony Davis situation in response to the fantastic article that Scott Kushner wrote, basically saying that the Pelicans have kind of looked down upon fans' intelligence by this whole fiasco of pretending that this is normal instead of kind of acknowledging the elephant in the room doing things a little bit differently, like introducing Anthony Davis last, not having people shush the crowd, other things like that, when basically no, uh, no, I don't want to say no, I'd say it's the minority, though I don't think it's as small as some people are saying, uh, you know, don't want to see Anthony Davis out there, and the smaller minority does. He said that, you know, the Pelicans should have to pay uh, play Anthony Davis because it's fa- what fans want to see, which is not true. If you're down here in the arena and talking to people, you know that's not really the case. But again, there are some, and I don't want to just kind of sweep away that entire group of people that do want to see him play. And so Bamani Jones says, no, they made this mess themselves, that they need to play Anthony Davis and deal with it. So they did not make this mess themselves. Anthony Davis and Rich Paul made this mess. You know, the Lakers made this mess. The Pelicans didn't want to trade Anthony Davis this season and would have approached it this offseason. This timeline got sped up because of those guys and because of no one else. And then he went on to say, you know, if you didn't want to deal with this, trade him to the Lakers. Well, you still have to do what's in the best interest of your franchise. And if you think you can get better offers later, then you don't trade him to the Lakers because that's not in the best interest of the franchise. He's then echoes what a number of people are saying, which is, I don't trust Danny Ainge. I don't know if Jason Tatum's going to be on the table. And maybe it depends on what Kyrie Irving does. And there's a lot of unknowns. This is true. The answer to did the Pelicans do the right thing by holding Anthony Davis at the trade deadline is not a yes or no It's a we'll see because we don't know what offers are going to come through. And this is something that can really only be evaluated in hindsight. And with, you know, uh, you know, what, what's the saying? Hindsight's twenty twenty. So we'll look back at this and either say, yeah, the Pelicans did the good job or they got a worse offer. But here's the thing. 
And I've said this on the podcast before, and I've said this in other places. Say you end up making a trade with the Lakers, you know, in the in the offseason, in the summer, and you don't get Zubach because he was traded recently. If you didn't like him anyway, is it really that much of a worse offer? No. Lakers fans will be like, oh, we got him for less. Yay. And they're going to claim a win here. Pelicans don't care if that's not a player that you care about and didn't really want on your roster anyway next year. So if the Celtics come in and don't offer Jason Tatum and you make that trade for the Lakers for, say, three of the young guys and two first-round picks, you're basically fundamentally in the same place as you would have been had you traded him at the trade deadline, so you didn't actually end up losing anything. And I think that's something to keep in mind. But we don't know what's going to come through. Maybe the, the Celtics offer is better, maybe it isn't. But we're keeping in mind that you know it could be fundamentally the same deal. Is that then worth the risk that you're taking that you could get less for Anthony Davis by Tatum not being out there? Is the chance at Tatum basically worth the risk of passing up on that Lakers deal and getting a smaller return for Anthony Davis? I think the Pelicans look at it and say, yeah, it is. It's worth trying to get the best guy we think we can get, even if it means we take a little bit less on the bottom end of an Anthony Davis trade. Zubac, who cares? So I think that's kind of the way they're approaching this and why I don't want to condemn anything or praise anything just yet, because frankly, we don't know. So that's some of his point with it, and I don't disagree with a lot of that. I just don't want to call it yes or no yet like he kind of is. The other thing he said, which a lot of people took issue with, was that the Pelicans should have traded Anthony Davis this past offseason, after getting to the second round of the playoffs before this season started. This isn't as laughable as people want to make it out to be. I'm, not, again, not going to call for him to be fired or be like, why does this guy have a show or this guy's an idiot? There's actually some nuance to this that I think is worth talking about, hence why we're going to do it on here. We're going to do that in the next segment here. We can split this up a little bit easier. Like I said, going to be a shorter podcast today. So we'll talk about why it's not the worst idea, and again, this is 20, hindsight is 2020, to say that Anthony Davis should have been traded this past offseason. So as you know, things are always going on around the NBA, and the best way to keep up with it all is the Locked On NBA podcast, Monday through Friday, giving you everything you need to know about the association. So again, make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On NBA podcast. So again, I said, everything needs to be evaluated with hindsight, and the Pelicans are not in a fun position right now. We've been talking about it, and I ranted on the show yesterday about it, and everyone I've talked to who's been at the arena just absolutely hates what's going on with this team. It's turning them off to this Pelicans team. It's turning them off to basketball right now. Not the trade demand, not the trade request, not the speculation about where he might go, but just how damn awkward and awful it is in the Smoothie King Center right now with the in-game presentation, with the stuff with Anthony Davis, and then that 30-point loss at home to the Orlando Magic. So with that, I think Bomani Jones is coming in with more hindsight and being like, yeah, I could have just avoided all of this by trading him this offseason when you probably would have gotten the most for him. And you might say it's crazy that coming off a second-round playoff appearance, a first-round sweep, going into a year with a lot of high hopes that they should have traded their star player, the guy who kind of makes the team work, that's very much admitting defeat. But I think what it means is maybe the Pelicans were being a little bit naive or a little bit foolish thinking that they could sell Anthony Davis on this. And maybe they needed to be kind of more in tune in touch 
with their superstar player knowing he was just never going to resign, that they should have been better about this and known it instead of kind of deluding themselves potentially into thinking that he might stay. This is a guy who wants to go to the Knicks who have lost 17 or 18 straight games now, I think, and thinks that their future is brighter than here in New Orleans, that they'll win more going forward than he would here in New Orleans. What does that tell you about how he views this team? I'm going to let you think about that one for a moment here. He wants to go to a team that's lost 18 straight and thinks that's a better winning situation. If he was thinking that, and that's something that's on his mind, the team maybe should have known this stuff and should have started planning accordingly because when you hear that, that guy was never going to re-sign here in New Orleans. As simple as that. And so Bamani Jones is saying, you should have known this. This is something that you know your front office should have been aware of. And they should have been making moves to step up for the, or, you know, set up the future earlier. Two full years of Anthony Davis versus one year, which is what it'll be now, or a year and a half, basically, kind of at the trade deadline, is a whole lot more appealing. To, you have to, for two years, potentially two playoff runs, and it gives you an offseason then to kind of still build around him a little bit more for that final year with the new team. So even if they give up a lot for him, they can still go and make moves and try and put another piece or two back into their rotation. It's not the worst idea because you'd have gotten a whole lot for Anthony Davis, more so than you'd probably get at any other period of time. Now, you're still running into the same situation that Boston couldn't get into the mix with this, but you don't know what then other teams would have offered up, what deals could have gotten done, um, and I think that's kind of a big thing. So that's where he's coming from, and when you kind of look at it with the nuance of that, of this dude wants to leave for the New York Knicks, and the Los Angeles Lakers, two teams that have not won anything recently and the Pelicans have a better recent history of, he was just never going to stay here. The front office should have known this. And then you kind of plan accordingly and can build for the future, which is not what they did. Instead, kind of making short-sighted move after short-sighted move, potentially. And, you know, we're looking to do so this uh, earlier in the year and a trade never materialized. And kind of put themselves in a bad situation. So here's the issue with that is maybe, again, in hindsight, they should have maybe again, I think it's more debatable than just shutting the idea down. I don't think I would have done it if I was the GM. But when you look at this kind of situation that they're in with Dell Demps, who's been GMing for his job for a long time, though he has some stability right now, and that stability actually finally led to uh, complete inaction on his part this year, which is going to cost him his job at some point, I think that it's interesting because Dunlap's never would have made a move to trade Anthony Davis after a playoff year when he knows he gets fired basically when AD wants out or when AD is gone. It was never going to happen. And this goes back to the uh, something I said earlier on in the past couple of weeks that, you know, had they made a move from Dell Demps a couple of seasons ago, we might be in a completely different spot. What I've been told is basically this came down to AD didn't trust the front office to actually do a winner and doesn't think very highly of him and wanted out. And I, I, you know, I, I think that kind of permeates throughout that locker room, to be honest, a little bit too, that no one really trusts these guys to actually do the right thing here. And this is why you might see moves get made this offseason, but that's what caused AD to leave. So, you know, the GM and the front office was never going to trade Anthony Davis early because they know that they need this job security and that he's their ticket to it. And that in a weird kind of circular way, uh, snake that eats its own tail is what led Anthony Davis to wanting out sooner rather than later when he was originally planning to do it this offseason. That's 
where the Pelicans are, and that's why a move to trade Anthony Davis this past offseason was never going to be a realistic thing. Again, we can say in hindsight, maybe it was the right move. Maybe again. Again, I, I don't want to completely shoot it down, but I, and I think there's some logic to what he's saying. Um, it just never would have happened. So I don't think we need to spend a lot of time talking about it. And this is going to be similar to you know the AD trade. It's going to be judged after the fact depending on the return they get with hindsight. And there's no need to kind of say a team did the right thing or didn't do the right thing yet when Anthony Davis is still on the team and it kind of just sucks here in New Orleans with this all right now. All right, before touching on the Thunder game, and we're going to make this one quick today, don't forget Lockdown Fantasy Basketball helping you with all of the roster moves to win your league title, win the bragging rights, win the money over your friends. Always a good thing to have against your buddies there for sure. Josh Lloyd does an excellent job of looking at what you need to do now that guys are hitting the waiver wire and others, so make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. All right, it is game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder, by the way, who've won 11 out of their past 12, are playing some excellent basketball. One of the best defenses in the league. A good enough offense in the top half of the league to make them very scary. They are 37-19, and third in the Western Conference. Of course, led by Paul George and Russell Westbrook. Uh, Westbrook, who's averaging another triple-double this year, who's kind of having a quieter down year for him, and he's still averaging a triple-double, and he started to recently turn it on, becoming a very good player yet again. Paul George is playing at an MVP level this year. He's averaging almost 29 points per game. That's all we're going to touch on with that game because I think the more interesting thing and the bigger thing here could be that this is AD's final game as a Pelican here on Valentine's Day, I guess, which has some irony that he's going to be leaving. I expect the decision to keep playing him to be reevaluated this um, All-Star break. I think the league wouldn't have liked the optics of him being sat, then playing in the All-Star game, then being sat. Now that you get to the All-Star game, he can then maybe sit him after that. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but something to keep in mind. We really might be seeing AD play as a Pelican for the final time in this game. But it's still going to be awkward, still going to be strange, and hopefully the Pelicans kind of rebound, respond from that loss on Tuesday to the Orlando Magic because that was pretty, pretty awful. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. We'll be back with you all tomorrow.